Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Welfare. I name Elaine, and each week... I help break down the barriers to running so you can get more out of the time you have in your trainers. Today, rather than learning about the nuts and bolts of running, we're taking an episode to talk to a runner on a mission. That mission? Taking on the lack of visibility and inclusion in the running community. Let me introduce you to presenter, model and runner, Sharifa Jay, who loves running so much that she's run races in her underwear as well as dedicated many mornings and headspace to making the most of her running. Today's episode is all about the concept that it's hard to be what you can't see. Let me introduce Sharifa to explain more. Sharifa, welcome to Welfare. Ah, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. What are we in? Week 10,059 of lockdown? (laughs) So, you know, I'm just taking it in my stride, I think, as everyone is trying to. God, and it must have um, hit you quite hard because I'm assuming as a model and TV presenter, that's been pretty tough for you because you haven't been able to do your normal job from home. Yeah, this has been a lot of like over an overhaul of the of the mind and the body and the spirit and the bank balance, <laughs> just kind of getting back to it, 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 in one way, it's been lovely because I've been able to get back to who I who I am, who I was before the world of modeling modeling has very much been my life not even just my job but my my life I've traveled the world with it I've worked internationally I've you know I've missed birthdays and Christmases and and things to to show up to to big shoots and keep putting my foot forward in the industry and then this big universal pause happened and it was like no jobs for you, Sharifa. <laughs> so, you know, I've done some great things this year. I've still managed to do some great things, but it's definitely been a big step back. In one way, it, it was quite scary, but in other ways, it's it's been quite liberating. Are you in London? Yes, looking out the window at the grey, <laughs> the glorious grey light and the, the concrete. <laughs> How has it been going from doing all of that adventure and seeing the world as part of your job to essentially living in a flat I'm assuming or maybe you've got some bow mansion my bow mansion my bow mansion is we're living at large in here me, me myself and I yeah so I live in a little apartment in in bow I'm about, you know one mile walk from Canary Wharf is probably like my local my local area it's a very built-up residential area there's no parks nearby it's definitely been a challenge I would say I don't live near many friends or my family are in different parts of the country. And obviously I was so used to every, every month I would be in France and Germany and different parts of the country and traveling all over to just having to stay home and do home things. And and I found myself taking myself on these ridiculously long walks, these like four hour discovery walks. I was by myself anyway, I was distanced. Let's just put it that way. You just have to process it. But 
Yeah, it's been a really tough year. Mental health wise, it's been a really tough year. I think I've finally managed to crack the code of how to keep myself happy living alone and dealing with what's going on with, you know, because I think when someone takes away your financial stability, your job stability, your support network and isolates you. I mean, these are all risk factors for mental health problems, aren't they? These are the, these are the things that any therapist or any doctor would say, staying connected and stability and all the things that give you mental health stability. So when someone takes them away through, through no fault of anyone's, obviously it's none of our fault this is happening. I don't want to say to us, because I, I heard a great podcast where someone said, don't say what is the pandemic doing to us? What is it doing for us? So I'm not going to say to us, but yeah, it's definitely been a struggle. I'm not going to lie. I think it's really important that we're open and honest about how we're all coping with this because seeing people on Instagram who are like living my best life and having the greatest time, I'm happy for them. But honestly, this last 10 months for me or eight months, I don't know how long it's been. It all rolls into one, doesn't it? It's honestly, (laughs) what day is it? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I've lived my best life. I would say I've just, I've learned a lot and I've got, I've managed to be resourceful and make amazing connections, particularly online. I've made so many friends online and yeah, so there's good and bad. You've been an avid runner for a while. Did you um, find that when lockdown hit that you were more inspired and motivated to go out and run or did you suffer from the, you know, I've had all my options taken away bar the allotted amount of exercise and actually my motivation to move has really gone so I think there's kind of like two camps of people (laughs) yeah I think I I think I spent a bit of time in both camps so when when the first lockdown hit I was training hard for the London Marathon Mm -hmm. so I had just shot the cover of women's running magazine I um, had a partnership that was coming up with New Balance I was really really excited just like beyond excited for this marathon and I was I was training and I just remember having constant pain in my legs <laughs> just continuous doms and I was figuring out all the best I was thinking at the time I was like testing out all these different magnesium salt baths like what's the best method there isn't really a best method you just put the magnesium in and you get in the bath <laughs> so yeah I was I was training loads I think I was running at this point 17 miles and I just done my first 17 miles. And then shortly after that, we got locked down. And then the announcement happened that it was being postponed. And all of this drive and this motivation just like seeped away beneath me where I would normally wake up at a certain time, get up and do my pre-running exercises, like my core activations and stuff. I just didn't get out of bed that, that morning. And was like, I'm just going to stay here because I don't have to train for the marathon anymore. That went on for a couple of weeks. And then I started to really miss running. So then I really got back into it again. And it was quite, it was getting quite sunny by this point. And I was really loving my morning before the sun kind of comes up runs. I then I ran a 10K in my back garden because everyone was doing it. Do you remember when everyone was just running like marathons in their back gardens? <laughs> yeah, and there was the people doing it on their balconies and there was people doing it like through their house to get as much length as possible. It was quite a bizarre time, wasn't it? Yeah, I actually loved it. And I think I always need challenges. When it comes to running, I need a challenge to train for. I'm that kind of person that 
I don't like going for a walk unless I'm unless I'm either in nature because I love walking in nature. But if I'm just in London, I don't want to go for a walk in the concrete unless I'm going to something. I'm very much that kind of person. So I always set myself challenges so that I stay on track of, of my goals. So yeah, I was really motivated at that point. But then we kind of started going into these funny little tier systems and the gyms were kind of opening and then closing again and opening. And I wanted to take the opportunity to, to I love spinning. I'm obsessed with spinning. I could just rhythm ride and spin and cycle all day long. It's my favorite thing to do. That's so funny because I am not a spinner. You actually have to pay me to get on a spin bike. (laughs) The only time I've really, really fallen for it was when I went to New York and I did Soul Cycle. And then I've done it a couple of times here. But otherwise, being on a bike is like torture for me. No way. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. I think it's not so much spinning for me, it's rhythm riding, like Soul Cycle, but Cycle, P S Y C L E, I think that's how it's spelled in London, is just so fun. It's yeah. just such a fun vibe and everyone's cheering. And so I really wanted to take the opportunity to get back to, to yoga class and, and spin class. And so I really put running on the back burner. And pretty much since then, I'm going to be really honest with you, and I'm ashamed to say this. <laughs> Go on. I haven't really ran. I haven't really ran since then. And it was, and it's, it's making me really sad. And I've, I've got a lovely new free train running vest and I've got some really nice new running kit that I, I'm just staring at, at the moment. And I don't know, I, I caught COVID and I think the recovery from COVID was quite, was longer than I expected. So I've been really concerned to get back into like really heavy physical activity too fast but now I think it's become more of a, a mental block. So actually this week is my week of, of running. I'm going to, I have to get back to running because I'm running the marathon in October, October 3rd. And in May, I'm doing the Celebrate You 10K run, which is the Vitality 10K. So I have to get back to running because I have my challenges and I, and I will complete them this year. This year is my year of the marathon, but I, I definitely think it's hard to get back into it once you have gotten so out of the loop. But I think so many people listening into today, and guys, I'm I'm speaking for you, but I'm sure this is the case, that you've also had these moments in your running journey where you've trained for something potentially, and maybe you got injured or you couldn't do that race last year, and then you've lost your motivation and it becomes a much bigger thing to just go outside and, and start with running again. When actually, we all know that if we just put on our trainers and do two minutes, that two minutes would become five minutes, which would become 10 minutes, and it wouldn't be as bad. But it's that mental barrier that's just hard to get over. It's so true. And I actually have probably a, a wider point about this mental block when it comes to running. And something that I think is really important for us to remember, a lot of the representations that we have of of runners, of of the running community, this kind of idea we have of runners is that they, they go out and they like pound the pavement and they run like 8K, 10K, 15K and they do it really, really fast. And like, that's the only way to run. And I really think it's important for people to understand that there are many different ways of, of running. And it's not just this, this one idea that like you go out and you like, you you feel like your heart's going to explode and then, you know, but you keep going. And I think it's become quite problematic almost and, and creates a real barrier for people 
to feel like they can't do it because, oh, I went for a run, but I had to stop and, you know, I had to walk and I couldn't, I couldn't get to the end. And I think if more people understood that actually it is about just consistency and it's about showing up. I mean, I'm actually almost saying this to myself because I know what I need to do, (laughs) but it's about showing up consistently every single day at 8am say, or you say, I'm going to run, I'm going to run three times a week at 8am before work. And maybe you don't, maybe it's freezing cold outside. It's a blizzard. It's snowing. Boris Johnson just gave us another announcement and you're simply over it. (laughs) We all know that feeling, right? But even if it's just that you, you put your trainers on and you just step outside the front door and eventually that showing up will turn into five steps into six steps into a mini jog, into a walk, into a run. And then it just builds like that. And I think people really need to be kinder to themselves when it comes to your running journey in general and looking at different types of people who run. And, you know, not everyone runs to get a six pack and to be able to run the, you know, we're not all Elliot Kipchoge. Like we don't all want that same thing. You know, you can just run for your mental health or run for the simple fact that just moving your body, even normal walking is is healthy for us. And if you have that in mind, whatever I do is going to be good for me. Even walking my four steps or my five steps is going to be good for me because it's better than than doing nothing. But I just think the messaging, when I say messaging, it's more from brands. I think it's more from fitness brands because in my view, they really control the narrative because everyone wants that nice fitness gear. And, you know, people really look to the, the marketing and the messaging and you know, we, we all see our nice pair of the pair of Nike trousers and we see it on a certain type of model or a certain type of person. And I think, I think that really controls the way that we think about things. So I think it's important to remember that there are lots of other versions of runners and it's all valid. You're, you know, it's just as relevant. It's just as important. I'd actually love to take you back to the moment when you got into running because it hasn't been something which has been part of your life since since a teen. I know I know that much. I know there was a moment which re- you really got into it. Can you share that kind of first run and share if there was anything which put you off starting running? So I actually got into running, I think, when I was about, I must have been 21. Right. So quite a long time ago, actually. <clears throat> I kind of, I picked it up a long time ago and then I put it down for a very, very long time. I wanted to do the Cancer Research UK 10K. And I just remembered seeing it. I think it was in May or something. And I just remembered seeing it advertised somewhere. It was, you know, those big posters of people like, yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do that. They look like they're having a good time. <laughs> I'm going to do that. So I trained. I trained really, really hard. And at the time, I, I had actually graduated from dance school. So I actually trained as a dancer, dance and musical theatre. So I was actually super, super fit at the time. Running for me back then, when I was maybe half the weight that I am now, it was challenging, but it was nowhere near as kind of challenging as I find it now that I'm a bit older (laughs) and a bit, you know, I am heavier. And I think it's important to point out that, and I'm, I'm very positive about my body, I love my body, but it is heavier. It is harder to run when you're heavier. I think that is just a fact. So I was lighter and I remember it being hard, but I've never really been a natural runner. So I do remember it being hard. (laughs) 
thinking, make this stop. But I loved it and it was and it was fab. And I just remember the feeling of crossing that finishing line. And I beat my friend. I was running with my friend Jade, who I'm still great friends with to this day. And I beat her and I was really proud because she's super, super fit. So I was like, yes, I'm, I'm so good at this. Isn't it funny? We set off at races with our friends and we're like, we're going to run this together. And then you get to the last <laughs> hundred meters. And do you know what? If somebody hasn't raced their mate to the finish line, then well done you. But I've always, always <laughs> just turned on that kind of like speed mode <laughs> and been an absolute cow and left them behind and raced to the finish line. Literally every single run I've ever done, I've done exactly the same thing. Apart from the only one I didn't do that on, and I'm fast forwarding now, eight years or something, when I ran the Vitality 10K in my underwear and I actually ran in a little group with, there was lots of us. The campaign was created by Bryony Gordon and my good friend Jada Cesar. And we, and I ended up running in like a little pod with Andrea McLean from, at the time she was on Loose Women, Giovanna Fletcher, my friend Anna, she heads up the running channel and me. And we were running in this little group in our underwear, boiling hot day, absolutely dying. And they were amazing because I kept stopping because I had not trained enough. I kept stopping and they were like, come on, Sharifa, come on. And like, they were like, we won't leave you behind. And we actually ran through the finish line all together as one. I think we held hands, you know. I think we might have held hands. And then very randomly, Jessica Ennis was on the other side and, and embraced us all. It was great. It was like, it was like a movie. So, so strange. But I loved every minute of it. But yeah, um, I think that first one run was like 10K. But I just remember that feeling of, I love race days, particularly, obviously, charity race days. I mean, I think they kind of all are charity race days. But I just love that feeling of, you know, I raised my money and I, then I got my medal. And it was just, it was just such a nice moment and I think from there I put running down for a very long time but it, it's definitely that feeling of getting involved in these for me running is about the community I actually find it quite hard to run by myself because I love running with I'm such a sociable person mm. I just love running with people so I was part of running groups before the lockdown happened and I think actually going back to your previous point it was hard to motivate myself living by myself because I didn't have my running groups. <laughs> so I missed that showing up with somebody. I think the, the power of like community in, in running, the, that kind of running community spirit is just incredible. It's just such an electric atmosphere when you all do something together. And you mentioned about the lack of representation in running images. Has being part of a running crew helped you see that there are all different types of runners? Has it had kind of like that positive reinforcement enforcement for there's not just one type of runner or is that just shown more that actually brands need to do a way better job because the women turning up to these crews are of all different shapes and sizes and mm. abilities and all of that absolutely like the array of people that I've come across even at these race days you look around at race days and there's people of a uh, different different ages genders abilities races and you just think, wow, like it's such an incredible landscape. And that's why I really love it. And it's not represented at all. It's not represented in the fitness industry, in the in the running, you know, brands that are kind of running brands. They really should. I would love to see somebody go to a race day and actually use that as an, an inspiration for their next mm. marketing campaign or something. Because I think it would just be so much more inspirational for us all. To, to see that because that is yeah that, it's real isn't it 
I really experienced it last year because I was running whilst pregnant and you don't see a lot of that in imagery. So I got a lot of pushback and comments which were meant to be helpful but were actually quite hindering because I got a lot of comments around like are you sure that's safe you shouldn't be running whilst pregnant or these type of things and I think it's because people just aren't used to seeing it Mm -hmm. so when they see something which is different to the norm it's hard for them to process yeah absolutely I I think it goes back to that classic saying from Beyonce (laughs) she has all the good quotes (laughs) you can't be what you can't see and I really I really believe that I think it's really important that there's representation on on many different levels so that, you know, people don't give you those kind of comments. Because I can imagine as much as you know, I'm doing what's safe for, for myself and my baby. And of course, I'm not going to harm my baby. As much as you know that, I think people do. It's just the lack of, of education. I think brands actually do. There is a level of power that brands have to educate people as well that they could be using for the greater good and would probably help them to make them a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I've seen on your Instagram, you're actually really vocal about you being a size 18 and a runner. And I loved a post which you did about the fact that you're not going to let fat phobic people stop you from running. How did you build that confidence? Because I think a lot of women want to go out there and do it. But like we've said, actually, they feel that they're maybe not a runner because they don't see themselves in images. So how did you get over that kind of like mental block or did you never have one? There has definitely been a mental block. It's something that I do still find challenging. Like I said earlier on about how I live in quite a built up area. So running on the concrete streets in my local area, when you're not feeling overly body confident, it definitely is something that plays on your mind. But I have this little thing that I say to myself, and it goes back to what I said earlier. I think about being a size 18 from where I used to be a size eight and I've been a size six and I've, you know, I've lost and gained a lot of weight over the years actually, which is a whole separate topic. But I remember running when I was smaller and how much easier it was. And I remember now running now that I'm heavier and it is not loads harder, but it is definitely a little bit harder. And I think to myself, every time you push off from one of your feet, when you're running, it's like eight times your body weight. Is that right? I don't know. I'm looking to you for the answer. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely you're creating a lot of force. (laughs) Yes. So people probably look at this in a lot of ways like, well, you shouldn't have more weight on you because you're causing yourself issues. I would disagree with that if you're doing the right strengthening exercises and everything. But I would say that I, I remind myself that I am a little bit heavier and actually it's harder for me to run. So I feel damn proud of myself 
when I'm able to get out there and go running because I'm thinking this is more slightly more difficult for me and I'm actually working harder (laughs) than that person and that person and I kind of remind myself of that and see it as a little thing to be proud of almost rather than something to be ashamed of. I love that because it's so easy for us to, I think, berate our bodies when actually, if you know what's going on on the inside, you can start to understand it. And then potentially that internal negative chatter doesn't happen so much. Like you've just said that you understand that you're moving all your body weight from one leg to the other. And that's, and that's tough. So actually by understanding that you're not trash talking yourself, you're celebrating it. Absolutely. And that's it. I view my body as a machine, especially when I'm running. I'm like, I need to put this food into here. You know, I, I started eating beetroot. I hate beetroot so much, but I started eating beetroot because I know it's really good. Like there's so much interesting research about beetroot giving you um, energy and helping you to recover. And you do start viewing your body like a machine when you're running all the time, because you're like, how can I get that distance in? How can I recover quickly so that I can then get back to it the next day so that I can like hit my goals. And it is very difficult to not feel self-conscious if you're already not feeling body confident. But I think it's about stepping outside of yourself and thinking of all the good things. What are you doing? Why are you running? Are you running for them or are you running for you? And it is hard to tune out the noise. But I think if you can just give yourself a little pat, pat on the back every time you do it and just say, this is for me, this is not for you, this is for me, then I think that's maybe a good place to start. But it is hard. It definitely is hard. But then saying that, running in my underwear, doing a 10K in my underwear, and there was thousands of people there (laughs) and a bunch of cameras because there was lots of press things that we were, were doing as well. That is one way to just completely forget what your body looks like because we were so caught up in the in the moment. And I think you do, you get caught up in your own little world and you think you very quickly forget what's around you. You you go, you're listening to your music, you go inside your head, you're thinking about something great. You then get a little runner's high. And by the end of it, you've you've done your 30 minutes of running or 20 minutes of running and you've got home and you've had a great sweat and you thought that was amazing. And there might have been moments where you thought, is that person looking at me? But really, people aren't looking at you. People are so busy and so concerned worrying about themselves. They don't have time to look at you. (laughs) We recorded the show actually with Bryony when she was actually planning that race because she'd done the marathon beforehand. And she kept telling me that. She was like, come on, Amy, do it with us. And I was like, I just don't think I'm confident enough. Like everyone with everyone staring at you. And she was like, they're not going to be staring at you. There is so much going on. Like just forget all of that. And honestly, all I had the whole entire run in my nicks as a size 18, I I was thinking, you know, there were moments when I was thinking, oh, can everyone see my cellulite and my broken veins? But honestly, as soon as that thought entered my head, somebody in the crowd would cheer and someone else would go, go on girls. And it was just like, you know, I think human beings, we are inherently good. We are kind. We all have judgmental thoughts from time to time. But I think when it comes to the core, we all like to support each other. And I think the journey to to self-acceptance is difficult. And so do you find that I've I've done a bit of digging and you are a little bit challenge obsessed, it seems. So I managed to find that you've done the swim serpentine, various 10Ks. There was some kind of 
midnight walk at some point there's been the virtual (laughs) races now you're training for London Marathon (laughs) do you use these challenges to keep you moving towards positive goals so that you do feel good about yourself and bolster body confidence and those type of things definitely but also I'm just a bit of a challenge junkie so my biggest challenge I've set myself for my life goal, it's my life mission, is to summit Everest. I've always wanted to do it. It's just been on my list for ages. And people keep saying, Sharifa, you're never going to summit Everest. And I'm like, you watch me. <laughs> no one believes me. And I, who knows, I might not ever be able to do it. But I, th- th- I just love the idea of conquering things that people say, oh, that's too hard or don't try that or that's impossible or I'm too tired or for me when someone says those things I'm like well let's do it then (laughs) and it's interesting that a lot of the time when people have those reactions it's because it's showing a mirror up to themselves I think and you know they don't feel confident to give it a go or they never would so it's almost like it's easier for them to say oh really that's too tough why would you want to do that then go come on do it. Definitely. And I think that when you take part in challenges and you push yourself to the absolute limits, like I'm not going to lie. When I did my half marathon, there were moments when in March, I did a half marathon in March. There were moments when I was like, what the hell am I doing? Somebody needs to help me. (laughs) I need to rest. (laughs) And it, it was so hard. I got to the end and I was like, what just happened? But you push yourself. And I think I, I've not had any children, but I hear this a lot with, with mothers saying, once you've given birth, for example, it's like, once you've done that, you're like, I can do anything. Now I haven't given birth, but I, I always see this idea of you push yourself to the absolute limit beyond what you think is even possible. You know, we can do so much as human, human beings are designed to face so much adversity. We're designed to survive. And I think once you push yourself to the absolute limits of what you can do and what you're capable of, you start opening up all these other parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed. I understand where you're coming from with that though, because I feel like labor was quite like a marathon because it was this massive thing which I I never thought I'd be able to get through and I didn't know when it was going to end like it's a bit like when you train for the marathon and you're like I want to kind of do it in that time but actually you have no idea when it's going to end and then there's real highs there's real lows and then afterwards you're so elated that you got to the end of it that you're like I want to do it again Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, running a marathon is is probably nowhere near as difficult as as birthing a child. But I I just think it's it's more about the sentiment, you know, these these things that we never think we're going to be able to cope with, but we manage to to get through them because we are just tough and we're designed to our bodies are designed to cope with stressful situations. So to all the mothers out there who have done it medals for you I think they should do like little baby medals I mean the medal is baby really isn't it (laughs) but you know you get a marathon medal you get a childbirth medal (laughs) they should do that as a thing in the hospital (laughs) although I mean I love my son dearly but I would also quite like a medal yeah like a labor medal I'm I'm gonna add that onto the agenda (laughs) we should campaign for those (laughs) 
How do you break down these massive challenges into something that's achievable? So I'm pretty old school. I like to print off a piece of paper and stick it up on the wall like I'm 14 and just, you know, (laughs) then start crossing off training sessions or just crossing out things along the way. Because if I don't do that, like when I was marathon training, I saw that like I needed to run for four and a half, five hours. And I was like, I'm never going to get there. So I was like, right, put it up and cross bits off along the way. Do you do the same? Yeah, it's definitely for me. I live and die by my lists. You know, I have to write lists for everything. And if I don't have a list, if I don't have a, a plan and a structure, but it has to be broken down because when you look at a whole entire list of your daily things to do, you go, I can't, I can't do it. Whereas if you just take one step at a time, the first thing is have breakfast. The second thing is to get ready for the podcast today. Third thing is to do the podcast with Amy. You know, you do it like that, then everything becomes a lot less overwhelming. I think just taking everything in stages, tiny little micro steps, because they do build up, but it's about consistency and steps. That's how I would do it. That's how I did it. But then, you know, also I don't think that I was the picture perfect example of how to run a when I ran my half marathon anyway this time round I almost feel like when the marathon was cancelled it gave me a chance to I'd gotten so far into my training that I'd I was able to make all the mistakes and now coming into it almost a second time even though I haven't actually ran the marathon yet I feel like I learned so much that now I'm, I'm gonna have to have more structure I was a little bit like I have to wake up at 5.30 a.m. and run. Um, But sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'll just do it in the evening instead. No, don't (laughs) do it. Do it when you said you were going to do it because you won't do it in the evening. You'll be too tired and then it'll be too late and then you won't recover and then you just stick to your schedule. (laughs) And then you'll skip runs and then you'll be trying to figure out how you can fit those runs in and then you'll do too many runs in a week and then you get injured. I mean, we've all done it. And once you run out of time, that's it. Like when it comes to marathon training, this is what I noticed as I was coming up to the marathon, I was think I was really running out of time to be able to run the marathon within the length of time that I wanted to run it in. So you do have to really structure your time because if you don't give yourself enough time to train, rest, recover, then you are, you are going to end up falling short and you'll get to like two weeks before race day and you'll be like, ah, I'm still on the wrong amount of mileage or, you know, or my legs still hurt or something like that. So I think it is really important to to plan ahead, definitely. So Sharifa, I've got some questions from the community for you. So first up is, do you have any running icons and why are they significant to you? I do have a running icon and, and she's more of a personal, it's more of a personal one, but I'm sure some other other people could could perhaps go and research her My friend, Anna, she's the same friend of mine who I ran the 10K with. When we were running that 10K and I had barely trained and I was in my knickers and everyone was like, come on, Sharifa, Anna would not let me stop. I was starting to flail around and my head was going back and I was all over the place. And she was like, come on, Sharifa, head up, straight forwards, breathe in. Now she coached me to the end of this race. And since then, she has... She has coached me pretty much. I did my first 17 mile run with her. She's just my absolute guru, but she runs the running channel, which is on YouTube. So people can go and and check her out. She's absolutely amazing. She just knows she loves running. 
for me, she's just like the ultimate runner. She's, I don't know how many marathons she's ran now, but far too many. She was going to run a marathon on ice before the lockdown. I don't know if she did it in the end, actually, but I know she had ice pick shoes. She sounds wild. She is wild. And she, she just inspires so many people to run. And she's really inspired me. And her YouTube channels are amazing, educational. And she's absolutely the kind of person that everyone should know. She's, she's gorgeous. I want to be friends with Anna. Yeah, you should be friends with Anna. She's so great. Her Instagram is Anna the Runner, and she also runs the running channel. But she said to me something really important. You have to, when it comes to running, you have to find your why. But it has to be a reason. When you find your why, it really helps to motivate you even further. So yeah, Anna's my icon. <laughs> I am going to go and check Anna out. And I hope you guys too that listen in, let's all go say hi to Anna. Sharifa, the next question for you is people want to know what's your pre-run brekkie and what's your post-run snack? Pre-run brekkie would definitely be like oats and a coffee. I I learned quite quickly (laughs) that carb loading goes a long way. But when it comes to carb loading, like I know you can do the junk foodie ones, but I do prefer to do something that's a little bit more like slow release, like oats and not too protein heavy. Yeah, oats and a coffee, but also staying really, really well hydrated the night before, especially a, a long run, because you will feel it if you if you haven't drank enough water even that previous day. So for me, electrolytes are key to, to life. <laughs> good, a good natural electrolyte is key. Like a, a cucumber water overnight, that's a good one. Oh, I'm not into cucumber, but I get the dehydration thing. Cause when I was training for my first marathon, I did try and do my, it was like a 12 miler after having quite a bit of wine the night before. So not only was my <laughs> head sore, but I was dehydrated and it was so tough. Oh no, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. <tough>. I feel you. <laughs> and you're currently eating vegan. Am I right at the moment? I am. So I've been very careful about how to say it because I'm still eating honey and I'm still um, have animal products like I have leather and things that I don't want to throw away. So I don't know if I can quite call myself a vegan. I'm calling myself vegan-ish. Vegan-ish, I like (laughs) that. Plant-based. Plant-based, plant-powered. Yeah, (laughs) vegan-ish. And so because of recovering from COVID recently, I'm actually yet to do a proper run since my new plant-based life. But I will say that I'm so much more energized and it's done wonders for my IBS, which is a whole separate topic, but it's been amazing. I've gone very whole foods as well. Lots of whole foods, lots more cooking from scratch and feeling great. And so I'm actually really excited to to delve into the world of, of running again, distance running and seeing what what this might do for my for my energy levels, because I've heard some good things. If you haven't got Deliciously Ella's app, check out the app. I'm just now plugging her app but it's only 99p but that 99p is worth it because there is a cookie recipe on there and it's the ultimate chocolate chip cookies they take about 10 minutes to make there's about five ingredients and honestly hands down they are the best cookies I've ever made you really sold that (laughs) yeah you cut you cut you come in from a run and you're like give me three they're brilliant okay so that's my new post run snack I'm into it that's 99p has already been spent. <laughs> I'm gifting you that one. Thank and you. then lastly from the community, they'd love to know 
what do you do when you lack motivation? I mean, we spoke about this a little bit earlier on, but have you got a saying that you maybe say to yourself to kind of get yourself out of that funk? Or do you jump in the shower and know that once you've had a shower, you'll feel much better? Like, how do you pep yourself up? So I'm absolutely terrible at motivating myself. And one thing I'm really good at is costing a friend to motivate me. So I normally, if I'm really struggling to to get motivated, something I was struggling with recently was waking up on time and my friend was struggling to go to bed on time. So we decided to be each other's accountability buddies. And we've been accountability buddying now for, I think it's been like three weeks and it's worked an absolute dream. She wakes me up in the morning. I tell her to go to bed. We've both been getting loads of sleep and been feeling great. So I think I know some people will say, well, you should be able to motivate yourself because you're 30 years old, nearly. But you know what? I can't. So I, I, I sometimes can. But if I'm really struggling, I just I just find a friend. I, I phone a friend, <laughs> get them to do it for me. Normally, especially right now, where we are just all kind of on our phones, I'm sure you can ask a friend, look, can you please remind me to go for a run at this time? on a Wednesday and if they're a good friend they will hammer you hard until you get outside and do your run. <laughs> I was about to say it's quite hard to snooze a friend isn't it or to mute a notification when it's a mate whereas you can easily do that on apps. <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> uh, so we'll all be able to follow your training this year and cheer you on and maybe be your accountability buddies so if we see that you're not training expect us in your dms going sharifa get out on a run (laughs) well thank you so much for giving up your time today to talk to me it's been really insightful and also i haven't stopped smiling you've just got this infectious energy and it's just so lovely to speak to somebody who has really caught the running bug and it's all about the feeling not about the times yeah thank you so much it's been so lovely to speak to you too and it's honestly it's just nice to have some company isn't it (laughs) isn't it these crazy times and to be able to see somebody for everyone that's listening in that wants to follow your crazy crazy challenge journeys where's the best place that they can catch up with you uh so you can follow me um at sharifa underscore j on instagram i also have a tiktok but i don't know if that's a place that anyone needs to go but if you want to go and check me out on tiktok i have a few videos on there again sharifa underscore j and i'm on twitter sharifa underscore j so nice and easy well thanks so much sharifa and i hope to see you at a race soon i hope to see you soon too thank you Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you found some of this advice helpful. And remember, if you do like the podcast, then please rate, review and subscribe. It really helps other runners find us. Plus, you can also keep up to date with other runners in our virtual crew by using the hashtag Welfare on Instagram. And by joining the new Welfare Club on Strava, I look at all your posts and updates and it absolutely makes my day. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.